I always look forward to this point in the week because we get to visit with our friend Jamie Court. Jamie Court is spelled C-O-U-R-T, and he's the president of Consumer Watchdog. I wish you were president of the United States. But for the moment, check out consumerwatchdog.org, a terrific consumer rights group and and very much in tune with what's going on in America today. And so, if you were to go to consumerwatchdog.org now, you would see that the organization had its annual awards banquet this past weekend, and that Bernie Sanders, Senator Bernie Sanders, that Bernie Sanders, was one of the speakers. And and in fact, this was the second year in a row. Uh, my wife, Frances, and I, and some of the crew were privileged enough to go and attend. And so, Jamie, thanks so very much for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. And let's start with singing. Single payer. Thanks for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I'm always happy to start with single payer because uh, I've been thinking about this and working on this for decades, and it, it is the right thing to do for America, just like it, well, it is the thing that's being done in every other country like ours around the, the world. Well, Jamie, so many of us believe and agree with Senator Sanders that we need a Medicare for all solution. Uh, in, in light of Tuesday's primaries, this past Tuesday's primaries, I was looking at how the Sanders endorsed candidates from his group, Our Revolution, did, and I went to his hometown newspaper, the Burlington Free Press, and unfortunately, they didn't do so well. They had some gains, maybe a quarter to a third of their candidates, but they didn't do nearly as well as they were hoping. And they had a couple of the bigger names they were hoping on did not make it through. And so since, you know, we've now heard Senator Sanders twice, two years in a row at the Consumer Watchdog Rage for Justice Awards, and we're talking Medicare for all, but his organization isn't doing the infiltration of the system in numbers sufficient to get us here. Jamie, are we going to have to do an incremental thing? Can we do it in one bite? How do we get there? What's our next step? Should we even be discouraged? Well, look, I, I think if you look at California and you're a single-payer advocate who believes in Medicare for all, you have now have the Democratic candidate for governor wholeheartedly behind it, and he beat in the primary, as did the Republican, uh, Mr. Cox, a third candidate, the mayor of uh, Los Angeles, who said he wasn't for single-payer. And I think that cost Antonio Viragosa, the former mayor, uh, the slot, the fact that he wasn't engaged in this progressive agenda. Uh, and now we have uh, a pretty clear choice between Cox and uh, Newsom, and uh, Newsom is widely favored to win. I think if you look in, in the congressional, uh, hot congressional seats in California, uh, we have Democrats and Republicans now running in this top two primary, and the Democrats are, as a party, singing the Sanders song, which is single-payer. Uh, you know, more than 50% of Americans support Medicare for all, and that's growing, and it's growing every year. So these things take time, especially when you have cash-rich industries like the health insurance companies, the drug companies, the hospitals that don't want this. But the momentum is unmistakable, and even in California, you know, we have in our legislature, one house, uh, the Senate passed a single-payer bill. The other house, the uh, head of it, uh, Speaker Anthony Rendon, is going a different route, trying to create what they say is more politically viable an all-payer system where they rationalize the payments to the providers but don't necessarily extend uh, health coverage to all. Uh, and there is a war within the party about whether that's right or we should just embrace Medicare for all. So I think it's not a litmus test for a Democrat in terms of winning now. But I do think it is for 
the party uh, becoming a mainstream statement that the Democratic Party believes in Medicare for all. And I think by 2020, that's what our vision has to be uh, as progressives, that the Democrats have to believe in Medicare for all. And more than that, just putting that in a principle, they have to agree that the president, once he becomes president, is going to uh, get fully behind legislation to support that. And perhaps that might be Mr. Sanders. It may be someone else. But hopefully the principles that uh, Bernie has put forward are now going to become mainstream party principles, and they're going to move beyond principles to pragmatic policies. Because that's what we've seen in California with the Democrats. They're all for the principles, but once you ask them to put it in writing and make it a policy, that's when they start to hedge and say it's unrealistic. Well, Jamie, I, I agree with your observation that the electorate, the Democratic Party rank and file here in California, definitely seems to be moving much more in the Bernie Sanders direction, although Hillary did win the primary, and of course she went on to win the state by an enormous margin. But the party seems to be moving, and I, you know, your observation about how Antonio V. Ragosa came in like way out of the running, uh, I think that's really kind of indicative of the fact that he's out of step with where the voters are, and so we'll see where the state elections go. But, Jamie, it's it's an interesting thing. The city council president of Los Angeles, Herb Wesson, a very seasoned politician, observed in the Los Angeles Times some months ago, and I quote from memory because I thought it was a great thing. He said, quote, the political winds in America blow from west to east, closed quote, closed quote. And I observed that earlier in the week on the show with regard to Ronald Reagan uh, and the tax revolution. We're now 40 years into Prop 13 with Jarvis Gann and the, the tax revolt that began in California, swept all the way across the nation, swept Ronald Reagan into the White House. Uh, and so, Jamie, let's talk privacy. Let's talk privacy, because California is kind of the home of Silicon Valley. I mean, and privacy is a big issue up in Silicon Valley. And I know Consumer Watchdog is a giant uh, uh, fan of a, a consumer ballot initiative. I'm a giant fan. So many of us are giant fans of a consumer ballot initiative that looks to be on the ballot this November that could indeed set the trend for privacy across the country online. Jamie, uh, what's going on with the ballot initiative and, and what are its prospects? Well, it basically is uh, saying that uh, companies can't sell, big companies can't sell your information without your consent. They can't, they have to tell you what information they collect on you. And if there's a data breach and they were grossly negligent in handling your data, they have to pay you uh, $1,000 per violation. And it doesn't matter if you lost money or property, the very violation of privacy is enough to go after them. So it's basically saying we're going to have some basic control over the, our private information. And Google, Facebook, as of yesterday, Microsoft and Uber, uh, and I think Comcast have joined in funding the opposition to this initiative. But it's got 650,000 signatures being counted now. It's going to get on the ballot. And in November, you know, California's going to have a chance to set the pace for America and saying, Hey, you know, if you're Facebook, you better tell us who you're giving our information to. And if we don't want it sold, you can't sell it. And if you lose it or it gets out to the Russians, you know what? You're going to pay us. Uh, I think that's a simple proposition. And while the other side is going to spend upward of $100 million, I imagine, trying to confuse the issue, I think the public's ready for this. I think the media will be an honest interpreter of this. And I think we're going to win. I think this is a, a ballot measure that 
this day has come, and once it happens here, the, the winds will spread west to east. It'll spread all across America, because there are even stronger privacy protections in Europe that just went into uh, effect a couple of weeks ago. And uh, California could set a new standard for America to get us a little closer to Europe. So this ballot measure doesn't get us even as far as Europe is. But it is the right, the right measure for a public hungry to control their information, very concerned about the Facebooks and the Googles and the ATTs, and yet doesn't fundamentally change the business of the Internet, which if it went a little farther, it might, and maybe the public would be ready for it. But it doesn't mess with like buttons or pop-up ads or the type of online commerce we have now. And I think that's wise because we've got to take this step. And if we take this step and people like it, maybe we'll take another step. We're talking to our friend Jamie Court. And you can find Jamie Court, who's the president of Consumer Watchdog and all his great colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org, ConsumerWatchdog.org. And Jamie, I am a big believer that the winds of political change in America do blow from west to east. And and the, the, door, the, the door swings both ways, to mix metaphors, because Ronald Reagan and the Republicans became ascendant some decades ago and carried that message from west to east. And now we seem to be having our turn. But Jamie, as I was preparing, Preparing today's show, I want to come back for a second to health insurance, how we started with, with Bernie Sanders and, and Medicare for All. But as I was doing research and getting today's show together, I saw a story, it's, it's getting buried and it really doesn't deserve to be buried, that Obamacare rates are skyrocketing. And we know why Obamacare rates are skyrocketing, and it's because Donald Trump and the Republicans have done everything they can to try and wreck it. And they've partially wrecked it, and so rates are skyrocketing. And so, Jamie, what do we tell consumers? I mean, what would consumer, what would what would you as a person, what would consumer watch on? What should I counsel people who are going to call us up and say, hey, my health insurance bill went up 12%, 14%, 17%. It's all Obamacare's fault. I mean, what am I to tell them? Uh, you know, I think that Obamacare uh, didn't create the type of problems that are driving up rates in the market right now. I think the uncertainty around Trump and what he's done uh, with implementation of Obamacare regulations has been the biggest problem. Uh, when he claims he's not going to uh, continue subsidies you know, to the insurance companies for low-income folks, when he claims he's going to threaten and compromise these um, these exchanges we have in different states. That's what sends the insurance rates up, because the insurance companies sense uncertainty and they pad their bills. Obamacare created some real strong consumer protections. It did create this mandatory insurance, which, of course, has been the target of the Republicans. But it didn't do the cost controls it should have on the health care providers. It did say health insurance companies... Uh, have to limit to 20% their overhead and their profits. I think that President Trump is really to blame for these recent run-ups. I think the greed of the insurance companies is no small measure is to blame. I would put as a distant third uh, Obamacare, because Obamacare should have regulated rates, but we do have rate regulation uh, in 40 of the states. It should have created the public option, which would have been competition with the private market. It should and put some downward pressure on um, medical costs. However, I don't think it's really pharmaceutical or hospital costs that are driving these recent uh, rate increases. I think it's the insurance company's lack of confidence in a stable future. I understand the Senate's going to be, a uh, U.S. Senate's going to be in session in August, and there is a bill that has been worked on for many, many months that will stabilize the marketplace. And if Republicans bring it up and the president sign, 
signs of it, will definitely put a downward pressure on health insurance rates. It's really the unwillingness of the Trump administration to deal with the problems in the market, unwillingness to create some stability and, and, and telegraph to the health insurance companies that they're going to get some assistance for low-income people that's caused all the dislocation we're seeing now, even though uh, when you do have a market that doesn't have rate regulation, by and large, you will see uh, insurers try to go away with more and more. So I, I think if, if, if this Senate bill passes, we will see something in the short term. Long term, there's no question, though, that we need to deal head-on with escalating hospital drug doctor costs and not just escalating, but costs are like, you know, two-thirds more in each sector than you see in every other country in the world. And it's because in every other country in the world, they have what is a Medicare system where the government pays every provider, drug company, hospital, and they grind them down to a lower rate because they have the bulk purchasing power of the government. And if we had that, we'd have what we have with the Medicare system in America, which is a 3% overhead, but it's only for seniors. So... I see opening up Medicare to more and more people, hopefully everyone, but if not everyone, then maybe people 50 and over. Uh, that is what's going to keep costs down. That is what's going to drive down um, prices. That is what is going to open up coverage. And the Democrats know that. They just don't want to buck the hand that feeds them, which is the insurance companies, the drug companies, the hospitals, and the doctors. But uh, if they can get a political win out of it, and if they can maybe take a bigger step than they have, but not as great a step as Medicare for all. Maybe Medicare, as I said, for 50 and older, a market the insurance companies really don't want to serve anyway because they're people you know, who are sicker. Uh, you know, we'll start to get to where we need to be, and I, and, I, and I feel like within a decade we'll be all the way there. Wow. I, I, I love to share your optimism, and I trust you would like to share Jamie Court's optimism. And if you don't know Jamie Court, and even if you do, check out all the latest at consumerwatchdog.org, consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie Court, the president of the organization, C-O-U-R-T. Jamie's been a part of the show virtually from the beginning. And boy, do we need consumer advocacy and protection now more than ever. Jamie, after reflecting on our chat here today, whether we're talking about privacy, uh, you know, online, or health insurance. The message I'm getting out here is we got to stay engaged. We've got to have no short attention span, one foot in front of the other, just keep pushing and we'll get there. I mean, is that a fair takeaway? Yes, it is a fair takeaway. Okay. And I think, uh, I think, I think that's the only way progress ever gets done. You think about it on a long-term basis and you take steps towards it every day. And as uh, I'm going to quote Ronald Reagan, because you quoted Herb Wesson. And I much rather quit Ronald Reagan on it. There you go again. Uh, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no limit to what you can accomplish if you don't take care who takes credit for it. And I think that's where we got to be with single pair, and then we'll get there. And also, he said, I think it was he who said, uh, people tend to uh, under. I mean, no, maybe it was Bill Gates. Bill Gates. We tend to overestimate what we can do over long period, uh, short periods of time, and underestimate what we can do over a period of many years. So if our goal is ten years, we can get there. Jamie, I love the attitude, love the philosophy, and I'm glad you're part of the team. Check out Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, the president of Consumer Watchdog, and all of his great colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org. Jamie, whether it's health insurance, privacy, we're always talking about the big issues. We look forward to doing it again with you next week. Thanks again. Thank you, Norm.